I think the game today is mostly no longer around how do I scale up the user base. It is more around how do you partner with folks in the industry. So when we just started integrating MediSafe into patient support functions or pharmacies would likely be a very challenging thing to do. Today it is easier. So I think today the game is more around how do you partner, what's your business models to do that, and so on and so forth. Good morning, everyone. This is the Healthy Idea Podcast by Iman and Nico. I'm Iman. And I'm Nico. And on our podcast, we sit down with founders on how they're using new technologies to solve critical health issues that face our society today. We learn more about their journeys into entrepreneurship and how they started their company. We hope to shed light on innovations in health and encourage you to think on the art of what's possible with technology today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Healthy Idea Podcast. Today's special guest is Omri Shore. Omri is the CEO and co-founder of MediSafe. Omri, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Of course. And I also have my amazing co-host, Aman. Hey, Omri, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Perfect. So, Omri, just to get into it, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your company? Sure. Maybe I'll start with our story and roll into what we do as a company. Mm -hmm. I'm Israeli born and raised, and our story with Medisif starts back in uh, 2012. My father is diabetic and hypertensive. And Mm -hmm. then uh, one lovely day like today, he came to me and he asked me if I've seen him inject his insulin today. And I gave Mm -hmm. him a straightforward answer. That answer was Mm no. I meant no, I haven't seen you. And he unfortunately understood that as no, you haven't injected your medications. So at that situation, he did what any reasonable guy uh, would do. He went Mm -hmm. back into the house and he injected a dose of insulin, which was unfortunately the second one in a row. So at that time, you know, we started seeing that something bad is happening. His glucose levels dropped to uh, 38, which is near diabetic shock. Gotcha. That was the beginning story for MediSafe. Oh, and I said, and, and yourself, Armory. So that's an amazing story. And I did see it on the site, and you guys have done quite a bit in this space. But I would love to hear more about you and then what you've decided to do about that issue that your father ran into. Yeah, so just about me, again, started my career in Israel. I'm a technologist. I don't come from the healthcare space, mostly in uh, sales and marketing roles. Outside healthcare, I was mm-hmm. uh, previously for MediSafe, I was employee number one for a company that created low firm management software. Mm-hmm. Uh, we scaled the company very nicely. We were the first ones in the market to implement the SaaS model. I did that while doing my uh, MBA. Mm-hmm. And we scaled up the company from uh, eight to 2,000 law firms in just under three years. So that was wow. really nice growth experience. And around that time was the situation with my father. And during that, we started thinking about healthcare experience with medications uh, for patients. And um, Mm -hmm. what we had found out at that point in time is that a patient in general will have no digital support for their medications. And we wanted Mm -hmm. to really help people like my father and many others like him. So today uh, we have about 
1.7 million registered patients on top of MediSafe. Wow. And I think we're considered number one in our space. And uh, at the same time, we work with some of the biggest names in healthcare. And especially on the pharma side, we create a companion for their drug inside our consumer MediSafe app. Gotcha. And that's amazing. So what exactly does MediSafe do? So MediSafe is a leading evidence-based digital therapeutics platform. And Mm -hmm. we're focused on managing the patient journey. And by that, we resolve the major uh, medication management challenges. Our uniqueness is uh, around three areas. The first one is that we are personalized. The second Mm -hmm. one is that we are integrated into the patient journey, but also into the support functions. And then we're also validated. Our mission is uh, to empower people to improve their health using technology so we can create better outcomes across the healthcare ecosystem. So we Mm -hmm. indeed uh, have proven over quite a few studies that we improve health for patients, we improve adherence for medications, and then we work with some of the bigger names, just to name uh, Merck, Novartis, Mm -hmm. Takeda, and a few others that I can't do it just yet. And we <laughs> create digital companions for their drugs. No, and that, that sounds amazing. And just so from what I understand too, not only do you have it with these uh, pharma companies, but anyone who uses medication right now, anyone who has a phone really could download the app right now. Is that correct? Yeah, so we have a free version of the app. You're uh, welcome to download that. Everyone uh, can go and download MediSafe, the, the free version. However, when we partner with a specific pharma company around a specific pharma brand, we create a more comprehensive, personalized, deep experience for patients on that drug. So you want to think about it as, first of all, at that point in time, it would be integrated into your patient journey, uh, mm-hmm. into your patient support. So on the other side, there could be a nurse that you can type inside MediSafe and he or she will respond to you and support you. Uh, it could be more content around the drug. Uh, it would be tracking specific biometrics to understand where mm-hmm. you are in the process. Could be the copay card and to assist with that. Could be delivery of medications to your doorstep. So all of these additional functions will be added when a specific companion is then deployed. Make sense? Yes, got it. And then for those of home, I actually went ahead and downloaded MedSafe to try it out. And I'm, even though it's the free version, we're still really impressed with the features. You know, I, I put in all my medicines, told me about potential interactions, easy, gave me easy resources to learn more about my medication. Timers work well, so very much enjoyed the app. Thank you. We have, make sure that you give us five stars. We have about 350,000 app store reviews uh, with an average rating of 4.7 out of five stars. This is a, a key metric for us. We look at it on a weekly basis and it helps us understand that we indeed mm-hmm. provide value for our patients. Yeah, no, and I can definitely tell. I know that um, from what I've seen, some of the other just healthcare apps in general, that some enterprises might publish, you know, they end up with like a 2.6, 3.6 five like some really low ratings and so like your guys is that's really impressive to hear you guys check it every week because i think it that definitely shows in the application thank you you get here's a nice sentence for you you get what you inspect not what you expect mm. so uh so you want to inspect that number to keep tracking it if you really want to improve gotcha no absolutely agree you know you measure what matters how did you decide i think it's back in 20 
2012 when this happened with your father. What made you decide that a digital solution was the best way to address this issue? Well, if I take you back to 2012, it was the beginning of the mobile revolution, if you wish. Mm-hmm. Back then, I had a mobile phone, but I did not have a smartphone. My father had a smartphone, mm-hmm. and I said, I asked myself, how come he did not find a solution to help him manage himself in a much better way? Mm-hmm. And I uh, took his uh, his iPhone. He was the first with the family with in the family. <laughs> and I started looking for apps, and mm-hmm. they weren't good, to say the least. They just yeah. Uh, you know, you looked at each and every one of them and he said, dude, that's a bad user experience. And then at the mm-hmm. same time, I went and thought about the whole uh, patient experience and what is my experience with as a patient with the pharmacy, with the payer, with the provider, with the pharma company. And none mm-hmm. of them created any engagement with me. And back then, mm-hmm. uh, we thought that it could be a really good idea to create a solution that does two things. First of all, it tracks your medications, it helps you remember to take them and so on and so forth. And then the second thing is that it connects family members. So if I don't Mm. take my meds, my wife gets notified. If my father is not taking his meds, I get notified. So that was the MVP. We had a big vision for how MediSafe is going to be personalized and integrated and all these cool stuff. But the MVP Mm -hmm. was a reminder with a social component. And that's how we went to market. Mm. And then I guess that, that segues into my next question. And my next few questions, which are about building MetaSafe and the tire company. So with that, so you guys realize, you know, we wanted to be a reminder system with a social component. Why was that the feature that you landed on? So I, medication makes sense. Obviously, medication adherence, they both make sense now, especially looking at how successful you were. But, but what led you to that decision back then? Well, it was clear for me that just a glorified alarm clock is not going <laughs> to uh, take us there. Um, mm-hmm. I thought back then that two things need to happen. First one, we need some kind of differentiation. The second component is that we thought that adult adult populations, for them to adopt MediSafe, there needs to be another another constituent that is involved. And that family component was the implementation of that product thinking. So we said, well, you know, would my father go into the app store and download an app to track his medications? Maybe yes, maybe no. But Mm -hmm. maybe I can find something for him and push it over to him. If I get value out of that as well. Gotcha. So that's how we rolled eventually into that mindset of, of this MVP. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And that makes a ton of sense. So how did you go about building the app? So you said that, uh, you know, you come from more like a, a business background. Yeah. If you just want to go into that a bit more. Yeah. So I have a brilliant co-founder. His name is mm-hmm. Rotem Shore. We happen mm-hmm. to have the fair, the same family name. That's because over the weekends, we're brothers. During the week, we're <laughs> business partners. But today is the weekend. So I can share that he's my brother and uh, he's truly a genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, in uh, 2012, May, we have joined the Microsoft Accelerator, and which is a great four-month program to build your startup. And uh, we both uh, quit our jobs and joined the Accelerator to start building MediSafe. Wow, that's fantastic. And what did, so with this Accelerator and subsequently afterwards, you know, what did the first two years of the company look like? Were, were the priorities at the time? What were you guys trying to focus on? Things like that. 
so straight from the beginning, uh, we've operated in a model that I'm as a CEO, I'm the, speaking with the market and wrote them as the head of technology CTO and also the product owner mm-hmm. is in charge of the product. So Rotem kept on progressing. And I think that we had a first version in the market by the end of 2012. So within uh, eight months, we were mm-hmm. in the market with a fully functional product and started iterating on improvement. We also wanted to start creating some scale. So we created all sorts of hacks to scale up the number of users because it was uh, pretty clear to us that if I want a uh, pharma company to choose us to build Mm -hmm. a solution for them, I need to have proof. And the Mm -hmm. validation for that would be A, that I have patients, hopefully they're patients. B, Mm -hmm. I have a really good solution and tons of reviews and patients appreciate it. And then when you have these, we then imagine that the next step would be to get some uh, clinical validation and real-world evidence that the product works. These were the steps. Gotcha. So what were some of the, that's a great segue. Next question is, you know, how did you get those first users on board or their, their first patients? What did that look like? So <laughs> you you know that the story about the company that built it and put it on the app store. And then overnight, it was an, an amazing success. And, uh, and someone tweeted about them and it scaled up like crazy. So that's not us. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think I know that story quite yet. <laughs> yeah. it, it, there were, there are a bunch of companies like that, but that's not us. It's more, you know, social and Instagram mm. um, solutions. But for us, it was really uh, a bit of blocking and tackling. So we uploaded the version to the app store and we did some uh, small campaigns on LinkedIn and on uh, Facebook. Uh, to start and uh, and create some awareness, but that really didn't move the needle. And remember, we were not funded back then, so you know every dollar counts. Yeah, absolutely. So um, slowly but surely, um, we got our first uh, thousand patients. Just a few days ago, I saw a post that that I put on Facebook, and I said, "Hey guys, we're approaching a thousand patients. You know, I've been working day and night, including weekends, and I really could use a weekend off. So please share." This post so, so more people would download MediSafe and I can take the weekend off. So really blocking mm-hmm. and tackling at the beginning and you know slowly but surely people started to pay more attention and we had a really good solution so people started sharing that with others and telling their provider about MediSafe and providers were telling more friends so on and so forth and then when you reach a certain scale 20, 30, 50,000 patients the big mm-hmm. guys Apple and uh, Google are starting to pay attention as well. And at that point in time, you can uh, work with their marketing engines. Mm-hmm. And that really scales up very quickly. And so for those conversations, so I guess at the beginning, it was very much, you know, pretty organic until you hit that kind of that scales of the tens of thousands. And then for those potential partnerships, um, like Apple and those other types of people, did you approach them? Did they end up approaching you? You know, what did those conversations look like? At that point in time, we already had investment investors and introductions were made by some of our investors into the right people. Perfect. Well, that makes a ton of sense. So definitely having the right investors is definitely uh, a big perk. Mm-hmm. How would you say that your priorities as a founder have changed over time? And specifically with respect to, yeah, or yeah, how have your priorities as a founder changed over time? Yeah, one of the things that you need to do as a founder is constantly grow personally as the startup grows. So at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really 
creating the product, creating the pitch, starting to pitch folks. In 2013, we have uh, recruited our first employee. Oh, and, uh, and what position was that for? Kind of do everything technology. So we worked uh, <laughs> gotcha. hand in hand with Rotem. Rotem took the iPhone side, he took the Android side, and they worked together on the cloud just needed mm. dedicated resource for each platform. And uh, the next one after that was, I believe, a designer. Uh, she's still with us. She's amazing, Hadar. So then we had designer and we started. So back then I was everything business in, mm -hmm. for the company. So presented on conferences, talked to investors and so on and so forth. As you grow, you move from I do everything into hiring people to start filling functions in the company. Sure, so, yeah. Someone for sales, someone for marketing, someone for the moment that you close a deal, you, you need customer success. So someone to lead that type of services and so on and so forth. So you move to more and more coaching people and working with people as opposed to doing everything uh, yourself. Although I really enjoy rolling my sleeves up and uh, doing a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. um, so today, MediSafe, we have 50 employees. and uh, 50? Uh, five zero? 50. 50, 5-0. Very nice. And uh, very impressive. Between two major geographies, all of our technology is located in Israel. About half of the company, a bit more than half of the company is there. So product, machine learning, mm -hmm. product, machine learning, developers, obviously. And then in the US, we have all the business functions, finance, business development, sales, marketing, and support. Gotcha. And that, based off of that last bit, I was actually curious so is your major market the u.s israel is it global what would you consider your major market to be the u.s yes that's why i'm located in gotcha. boston so in 2015 mm. right after we raised our series a i packed nine suitcases <laughs> wife and two kids and um, got everyone on a plane and landed in boston gotcha that must have been quite the move yeah it's all about the journey it's all about the journey it was challenging at the beginning and got uh, uh, better and better as uh, time is passing. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. So after you've, so first few hires about, you know, really building out the product you raised, and then you end up raising a series A in 2015 and a series B in 2017. Mm -hmm. How have your priorities changed across those two funding rounds? So as you, as you move from seed to A, mm -hmm. you're, we moved, so seed was mostly about building their product mm -hmm. and then a was the first engagement with the market first sales and so on and so forth and b was kind of the foray into scaling up things so mm. scaling up the development functions and then scaling up the business functions by far so we hired our vp of sales after series b we hired a cfo mm -hmm. we hired the chief marketing officer and so on and so forth. So really, and hired teams below these people. So Series A was mostly hiring one person per function, one guy that led mm. sales, one guy that did the marketing, so on. And then we transitioned into a move an organization after our Series B. Gotcha. So at this point, your guys' real focus is you know increasing those partnerships and just really scaling up the business. Exactly. Gotcha. And I know some one of the most important things you know 
know, after deciding like a startup that can, that one of the most important decisions that a startup can make after the, you know, initial product, what space you want to tackle is hiring. What kind of, for those first few employees, what kind of criteria, like what did you really focus, when you were bringing people on, what was your main focus? You know, were there specific criteria or personality traits that you were looking for explicitly? Well, the first few hires, it's critical to bring people that first and foremost are really good at execution, very, very committed to the business and much better to have positive people in the business as well. Absolutely. The beginning is, uh, there's a lot of scrambling. <laughs> Even today, there's a lot yeah. of scrambling. But back then, we also need people that live well in ambiguity mm-hmm. because uh, there's generally, there are no definitions of how the business runs. So you need to figure yeah. a lot of things out, including how do I pay salaries? Uh, yeah. What's a pay stab looks like? Who's going to run that in the company? So all of these uh, questions are critical at the beginning. And uh, it's important to get the right folks that live well inside that type of uh, structure. Mm. So making sure that you get people who functionally are exceptional, but also, you know, positive, optimistic, and, you know, are able to really, <laughs> when a company says operate with ambiguity, like really actually be able to operate in ambiguity. Exactly. And when you hire for folks like these, you need people that typically either it's their first job or they grew in startups. And mm. I call these during the life of a startup, of the startup, you, you shift gears. So you have the first year folks that really get you moving. And they're mm-hmm. very different from the third year folks where their specialty is to create the processes, to create the scaling up and metrics, and to take everything to the next level. Very different folks. And you see how the generations in the startup will typically change throughout time. They will still be gotcha. very good at execution and get shit done, but just slightly different perspective and mm-hmm. They will create the processes. They will bring the right people below them. They will expand the organization. Uh, yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, because yeah. you could definitely say that a, a Series A company is very different and a pre or a C company is very different than a Series B and a Series C company. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then with that, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Aman. Thank you, Nico. And thank you, Emery, for your answers. I was really curious about your ability to kind of start in 2012 at the height of kind of the smartphone revolution and scale the app and have belief in the app that it would continue to scale. I'm curious how much timing played into the growth. Timing is critical. That's the only thing that you can't influence. You can't influence the market. Should we have arrived to the market a year earlier? I think that likely it would be too early. Should we have gotten a year later that had influence as well? So you see that the the three or four leading companies in our direct competitive uh, space are companies that started in 2012. So it was a bit of a sweet spot in terms of the timing uh, to start. I uh, many of the investors that I spoke with told me that they never expect to um, expect that we'll have the right people using MediSafe. One of them told me that most apps never get to above 70 downloads a day. Interesting. Okay. Um, I sent him a screenshot when we got to uh, 70, then when we got to 700, and then one day that we even had 7,000 downloads a day. He always got these. Uh, 
screenshots from me. Um, I like the vindication. Yes. <laughs> was this someone who did end up investing or was just someone that you had been in the conversation with? Conversation. No, it wasn't mm. a, a believer. And, you know, I love uh, it. <laughs> so uh, totally just, fair. Yes. So the question, there were a lot of questions at the beginning about the platform and how fast will the platform grow. And we're very fortunate that we're all using mobile phones today. And kind of, that's the way to communicate. Otherwise, I think we would need to find a different medium to, uh, to interact with the individuals. Yeah, I'm curious what would have happened if MetaSafe started within the 2016 plus era, where the cost of the smartphone was a little bit lower, it was a little bit more accessible to most people in the market because of adoption. It's a good question. But, yeah. I would go and look at the companies that started at that point in time. The challenge is that when you get too late to the market, the point of the matter is that the market is already they, is well built. There are leaders in the market that have already gained some traction. So I, I don't see, I think that out of the 10 top companies in our competitive space, maybe uh, one of them is one that uh, started in 2016. Most of them, I think uh, that's uh, started earlier than that. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's just so easy to create technology today. People utilizing like other types of softwares instead of a developer, mm-hmm. white label software to create certain solutions. However, I'm curious, like your first users or maybe a majority of your users, are they loyalists to your platform? Do you find these people to be people who have been on for maybe years and have really enjoyed the user experience? So the average user uses MediSafe for 250 days. It's eight and a half months. So my answer to that is absolutely yes. People stick with us for a long period of time because we become a part of the habit of taking your medications correctly. So, yes. And that, that makes sense. The habitual like the habitual routine of using MetaSafe to safely consume your medication. Given that there is so much more competition with digital therapeutics around adherence or even like medication and safety, how do you keep your platform competitive with, in terms of features or maybe even user experience? So, I think the game today is mostly no longer around how do I scale up the user base. It is more around how do you partner with folks in the industry. So when we just started integrating MediSafe into patient support functions or pharmacies would likely be a very challenging thing to do. Today it is easier. So I think today the game is more around how do you partner, what's your business models to do that, and so on and so forth. And less so about additional features and functionalities. You build your platform at some point in time, the focus moves more into the business side. So uh, we just launched maybe uh, two months ago, we've launched a new piece of our platform that is called MediSafe Maestro. And what Maestro is doing is that it's a no-code platform that allows us to build the patient journeys inside MediSafe really quickly and uh, easily. And that's accelerating our go-to-market with a companion digital therapeutics uh, for a specific pharma company. So it, we, nice. we were able to cut the time by 70%. Wow, that's great. That gives you so much more speed to basically create like a custom journey for whatever drug a certain patient is working, is using or working with certain pharmas. That's awesome. I guess with that, like things like Maestro, so you're definitely trying to keep up to date and competitive through white labeling software and 
like cutting time to development. I'm curious if you ever thought of expanding MetaSafe's application across different technologies like voice assistance. Yeah, the answer is yes and expect uh, announcements in 2021. Oh, nice. Awesome. I see like a really cool, immersive, full-fledged patient experience happening. That's what I foresee. It's kind of just like a theory where there's different technologies kind of interacting in an application layer, just connecting everything. And that certainly can be helpful for certain populations who maybe an app is a little bit more difficult to use. Yes, for sure. So we do have today, MediSafe is a full platform. So we've started with an app. We also have a web solution today. We have uh, smart watches. Well, I think we were the first company to launch a smart watch app for medication management. And then voice is definitely something that we're looking very closely at and uh, <laughs> expect uh, more to come on that. But the other side of the platform is how do you engage with the healthcare system? So we have MediSafe Maestro for building a patient journey. We have MediSafe providers for providers to be able to uh, get data out of the system mm-hmm. for their patients. And then we have MediSafe a care connector, connects patients into care management platforms such as uh, hubs and uh, specialty pharmacies as well. So we really think about it not as an app, but as a full-fledged platform that where you have the cloud in the middle, then interfaces for different constituents uh, around it. Yeah, certainly. You mentioned the healthcare system. How hard was it, or maybe how easy was it, depending on your answer? Was it to kind of discuss your solution and get participants? Again, you really want to raise the profile of the company and investors, finding the right investors to partner with you is uh, very important to that extent. So we have, uh, think that uh, we had a lot of support from our investors to try and put ourselves in front of the right people. So that was uh, one thing that really helped. And then conferences and such. Healthcare is a challenging space. Uh, you probably know it by now. <laughs> it's moving, uh, moving very slowly and it's very challenging, but mm-hmm. uh, with the right people, you can get there. No, that's an excellent point. The digital transformation in healthcare is very, it's latent, but I like what you said about investors being more than just financiers and people that can introduce you to potential partners and help with speed to, to talking to two participants that you need to, to engage with for your app. So that's a great point as well. Thanks. I'm also curious how your app kind of worked or operated or perhaps even your team operated throughout COVID-19, um, which became like the highlight. Healthcare became kind of the spot of. Tell me about how COVID-19 played into both maybe the operations of your app and the operations of your team. So in terms of the operations of the team, I'll be honest, the beginning of COVID, I wasn't expecting it to be uh, such a, a huge issue it ended up to be. I think there were three areas. The first one is the operations of the company. So we all transitioned to work from home. I am coming from a culture that the, the day-to-day connection with people is very important. That was part of what we did at MediSafe. And not seeing my team on a not even weekly basis is definitely a challenge. The second piece, so we all transition to work from home. We have Zoom accounts. We're trying to to be very present with one another. The second point is the fact that we're a company that is spread across two major geographies. So I used to be in Israel meeting the team at least once a quarter and in many cases twice a quarter. That's not happening as well. In terms of the operation, 
experience of the partners and clients, that was also a bit of a challenge. We're talking about huge companies, Fortune 100, 500 companies that transitioned tens of thousands of employees to work from home, that their entire supply chains were broken and they needed to stitch them back together. So there was a lot of work that uh, on their behalf to that transition to work from home. So the first three months uh, of COVID, you're trying to knock on doors and no one's opening on the other side. That was more move to work from home and pulling out contingency plans and uh, stitching the, the supply chain. After three months, folks understood that it's going to stay here for some time. And I think boards of our partners and clients understood that we're going into a digital transformation and it became easier to communicate. And I think that now is really the time where many uh, folks on uh, on the big corporate side um, are really figuring out what they want to do in terms of the digital transformation, patient support and such. And uh, we see that in our business activity, which is just uh, super active right now. That's great. I'm glad that you're able to mitigate those challenges. It was not easy for work from home for teams, I'm sure for startups, but as well, how do you operate in a new environment with your actual business and your actual solution? Great. Umri, I'm curious of your kind of your like long-term vision for MetaSafe. What would you love to see the company really achieve? That's a big question. So I think that every drug should be provided to patients together with a digital support layer. And my hope is to be the most dominant player in, in that space. So choose a number, 10%, 20% of the drugs in the world should be provided together with a MediSafe solution in the MediSafe digital companion. But beyond that, we want to really build the bridges with uh, folks all across healthcare. So when your provider is prescribing medicine, Safe and provide prescribing the drug it should provide you with uh, MediSafe as well. Uh, we, it should also be connected to the payers because we believe that we're driving better outcomes. So with these better outcomes, I think the payers should become more involved and uh, and all across uh, pharmacies and so on and so forth. So we really want to weave ourselves more and more into healthcare and into all the different constituents across healthcare and not just the patient and pharmacy but really into other forays as well. That's so awesome to hear. And I guess my final question is, as healthcare kind of moves into this digital frontier um, with things like MetaSafe and digital therapeutics, I'm also, I'd be interested in knowing how you foresee healthcare changing with tech like yours. I think that we're talking about these integrations. The fact that data is now uh, flowing better inside and between systems. And the fact that folks understand that the digital transformation is happening regardless if they do it or their patients are doing that transformation is happening so i think that we will see in the next few months an acceleration i would say the early adopters have already done things and i think that we're getting to a point that the late adopters now understanding that they've no out they just have to be a part of the the transformation that is happening so i think that we'll see an acceleration of that great thank you Amri. that's all my questions nika 
Nico, do you have anything else? Yeah, Omri, I know we talked about finding the right partnerships earlier on with investors. So one of the investors that caught my eye is that I saw that um, Qualcomm had actually invested in you guys back in 2017. And I would love to kind of learn more about, you know, what is the connection between, you know, a wireless technology and semiconductor company with a medication management platform? Good question. At the highest level, we participated in a, in a startup competition that Qualcomm had that uh, was called QPRIZE. And we won QPRIZE uh, of the Middle East. And then we won QPRIZE Global competition, first place. And I think that at that point in time, if I remember the numbers correctly, they invest about hundred dollars to $200,000 in the company that won. So that mm. was the beginning. But if you think of, of Qualcomm, they're very involved with how can chips and technology can assist to change lives. And one of them mm. is, uh, one of their verticals is indeed the healthcare space. So initially they invested because we just kept on wanting competi- winning their <laughs> Gotcha. That makes a ton of sense. I was just super curious because I know that, um, you know, we see more and more companies like Apple, Google, people keep talking about, you know, eventually every company will be a health company or every company will be a financial services payment company. So things like that. So I was just wondering, yeah, if if Qualcomm had any um, indications of that, but that's really exciting to hear. And congratulations on all the wins. Thanks so much. I think I'm all set. So I guess the final question is actually two more questions for you. I guess what are the, um, what would you say is the next step for MetaSafe? So I know we talked about the long-term vision, but what would you think the next year or two look like? Doing everything that we have done faster, bigger. We're going to raise more money in the next few months. Uh, We're going to deepen our business development and sales teams. Uh, We're going to close more partnerships. As a result of that, we'll need more product folks uh, on board as well and uh, and more development. So it's really going to be the next few months is going to be, you know, MediSafe on steroids. Uh, We're also going Mm -hmm. to invest a bit more in uh, the data side. We have today about uh, 15 billion data points around medication management. So we're going to start more and more uh, mining in to these and learning what's the value of this data with our partners. Oh, that sounds incredibly exciting. No, I love that. Yeah, do everything bigger, better, faster. Love it. Mm-hmm. And how can people, people that are interested in MetaSafe or, you know, they're, use, they're managing a chronic condition and that doesn't have a companion app or if they want to find out if there's a companion app with MetaSafe, where should people go to learn more? So uh, you're welcome to go to uh, medisafe.com if you're an industry player and mm-hmm. you can go and if you're a patient, you can go to uh, mymedisafe.com, which is uh, more of the consumer uh, side. Mm-hmm. And that one uh, talks more about the app as a whole and so on and so forth. And then uh, feel free to reach out over uh, LinkedIn on Reshore. No, perfect. And I guess for someone, let's say, um, like someone who is on, you know, like diabetes medication currently, and if they wanted more, would you just recommend they use a consumer app? Or do you guys like, um, do you guys take requests for like specific medications and product features? 
format is safe. Yeah, if you go on the consumer app that we have, download it from the App Store. There's a free version. There's also a paid version, but uh, there's uh, really no reason to go and uh, use the paid version unless you need any specific features that uh, require to open it up. And just uh, start using it. should give you a lot of uh, what you need. And if there are any uh, feature requests and such, uh, you can do that over Facebook, over inside the app. There is a section that you can communicate with us. We have associates that are giving service constantly. So we're happy uh, to get these feature requests and uh, implement them over time. We're constantly improving. So we're constantly, we have a new version of MediSafe app in the app store every couple of weeks. So uh, we're constantly in that motion of what else can we do? No, that's fantastic. And that sounds phenomenal. Uh, Omri, we just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. Your attention means the world to us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share this episode with a friend. And if you really enjoyed it, if you could go ahead and leave a rating and a review on whatever platform you get your podcasts, Iman and I would be over the moon. Stay tuned for our next episode.